One, two, three. Do it. Oh, Case on a deep drop. Steps up in the pocket. He'll fire to the right side. Caught by Diggs. Stay up. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. All right, we're coming right back in with another edition of the Scolders Podcast. I'm your host, Ed Bradmarkle. With me, as always, Mike Anderson. Mike, how you doing tonight? Yeah, I'm fine. You're fine? You're, you're, not, you're, not, you're not great? You're not, you're not bad? You're just fine? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. Well, I'm doing fairly all right, I guess. Um, it's Friday. You, you know, thank God it's Friday. TJF, baby. Yeah. You know? Um... Coming up, we got the the battle with Seattle on Monday Night Football. So it's not only Purple Friday this week, but it's also Purple Monday. So, right, bear that in mind. For those right. who like and fandom out there, make sure you're wearing purple on Monday. Um, yeah. My office is pretty hit or miss on it. So, but you know what? <clears throat> That's what it is. You can't uh, you can't make people wear purple as much as they'd like to. It's true. So, Mike, just on before we get into the, the preview here. You've narrowly missed our, our fantasy playoffs. How are you feeling about that? It's frustrating, you know. Yeah. Um, didn't uh, didn't love my team in that league, so I guess at least I don't feel... Sometimes it's frustrating when you know you've got a hot team and if you could just sneak in, you got a chance to win it. Um, I think I would have had to really catch fire with that team. Uh, so... I'm all right. I mean, definitely frustrating to go. I think I went like loss. I for sure went loss, loss to lose out by like six points. Um, might have been loss, loss, loss to get to you know fall out of the playoffs. But what do you do? Actually, the only league uh, I think I'm in six leagues this year, and it's the only one I missed the playoffs in. So I'm not I'm not too too upset. So you're doing fairly all right. So yeah, yeah. My team got hot late, and I'm I'm sitting at number one seed on a bye this week in that league. So. Um, first time I think I've been this highly rated in playoffs because you know I suck at at fantasy, but you know we'll we'll see what kind of run I can do here. Maybe we can make some magic. As long as you were not against Derrick Henry the other night, you're probably feeling. I was decent. not. Yeah, and uh, I think a lot of weeks they had him on the bench. I think both the weeks I'm involved with, he was on the bench for both of those. Which, you know, if you started Derrick Henry thinking he was going to have a big night, well, kudos to you. But I think that was probably a pretty stretch stretch call for most people. Yeah, uh, he was on the bench in, um, he was only on like one playoff team in any of my leagues, so, um, and actually one of the guys started Peyton Barber over him, so it was borderline, like I feel like you could you could justify rolling out Henry over Barber, um, but he did not, and uh, he, he's not, he wasn't even upset about it, I, I talked to him uh, today, and he's like, you know, I Henry just hasn't been that consistent, so I went Barber, who I think has scored a touchdown like three straight weeks. So, um, yeah, definitely weird though, right? What did he ended up going for like forty five or something? Yeah, depending on if your league is PPR or not, it's like somewhere between forty five and like forty eight. It's just yeah, yeah, pretty ridiculous. But you know, sometimes it happens, right? Especially against the Jacksonville Jaguars defense, which is apparently trash now. Right. Yeah. So yeah. One week off, one week after shutting out the Colts, 
they give up, you know, two forty to Derrick Henry. I don't. That's the NFL for you. Yeah, the annoying part to me was in that that broadcast. Uh, the only other ninety nine yard TD run was against who? Of course, the Vikings. And of right. course, they found the clip and played it on on the air. By the way, the Vikings went on to win that game, so there was that. But just uh, it it seems like those things are always against the Vikings for whatever reason. Maybe right. that's just confirmation right. bias. But anyway, getting into Seattle game here. What do we got to do, Mike, to come up with a win here? How do we jumpstart this offense? Um. You know, I I wish I knew a definitive answer to that. I don't. Um, I think a combination of things. I think you really need your big-time players to come and play. Uh, you know Thielen and Diggs are going to be there. I think Dalvin looked really uh, strong last week. And I think that Cousins needs to come and play. You know, it's it's prime time. I think he's like 0-6 and one or something like that on on Monday Night Football. Uh, you know, it's a difficult place to play. It's it's outdoors. There's a lot of things going against the Vikings. Um, so to me, I'm not looking at anything in particular to really kickstart this offense. Uh, I think we've seen it put up points. We've seen it put up points in a hurry. We've seen it at Green Bay. We saw it at the Jets. Um, you know, I think realistically you're going against one of the worst pass defenses in the league over the last six weeks. They're giving up close to 300 yards a week through the air. So I think there's going to be opportunity for cousins to really um, shine and, and prove that he can win these games, these sorts of games, you know, the games that you need to win in the playoffs, whatever. Uh, But in terms of, you know, do this, do that. There's nothing really there. Um, I, I think, you just got to play smart football. You obviously cannot turn the ball over in a place like Seattle, especially in a primetime game. And, you know, maybe we try to get Delvin going again. Obviously, nine carries, 84 yards last week. Um, I think the Vikings came out and talked about how they wish they could have ran the ball a little bit more to him. Sure. Um, so I, I think just – I don't know that they're really going to try anything brand new. I think you're going to see this same, you know, same offense, same same type of thing – it's just it's got to operate at a little bit higher efficiency level, right? We, we got to get the uh, the good side of the Jekyll and Hyde out of Kirk Cousins, which appears to be every week. It seems like it, it's flip flopping, which is getting frustrating. I think for a lot of Vikings fans, is seeing this kind of dichotomy of, of who Kirk Cousins is and what he is on a week to week basis. Um, you, you figure you're paying a guy this kind of money, you're expecting a little bit more consistency out of his play um, than we've seen. And, you know, maybe some of that's play calling, maybe some of that's some of the injuries we've had to deal with uh, to kind of, uh, I, I don't know, make up for some of those injuries. I, I don't know. How do we get the best out of Kirk here? Is it, is it just we just need to adjust the plays? Is it just he needs just to play better? What, you know? Um, you know, I think if, if you can get him time, uh, that's the biggest thing, you know, I would like to see us run a little bit more play action. Um, if I recall, I think he was like the best play action passer over the last few years coming into this year. And I just, we haven't really run a lot of that. Or if we have, I certainly don't recall it. Um, so I'd like to, I just like to do some things to make sure he's comfortable. And a lot of that obviously comes with him feeling like he's got time, but uh, you know, 
just just try to make him comfortable, whether that's through the run game and just talk to him. And and uh, I, I think that's my biggest thing is we've seen him periodically this year look uncomfortable in the pocket, you know, drop back, panic, boom, balls out. And and those are those tend to be the throws that it's like, oh, what are you doing? And, and maybe the throw is nowhere near. And even if it was going to be near, it's not enough for a first down. Um, so just try to get him comfortable. And I think – uh, let him build on that confidence, you know. Um, I, I think he, he seems to be a guy that can really feed off the confidence if he's going well. Um, and I think a lot of football players are that way, but he certainly seems like the type of guy where it's like, man, you know, he's on fire. He can make any throw and he'll take risks. He, he tends to go downfield a little bit more at that point in time. And that's something I've been wanting us to do more, you know, take some shots. I think last week he had like 30 completions for 200 yards, you know, I don't want I, I think 30 completions should be automatically 300 yards for him. You know, I'd, I'd like to see us utilize some of these weapons down the field a little bit more. Um, but in order to do that, you you need to make sure he's comfortable um, and, and able to just kind of get the ball rolling right out the gate, especially on the road in a hostile environment. Right. It, it's definitely important to not get behind your, your uh, I guess, the proverbial eight ball in a game like this. You want to be um, either at a tied score or ahead of the game because like you said hostile environment especially with the 12s in seattle on the road that place can get rocking pretty damn quick if seattle jumps up to an early lead and lets their defense kind of dig in a little bit um so i think i'm right there with you you got to get them comfortable you got to get them time to let some of those those big plays develop and keep uh keep seattle a bit more honest on you um so yeah, um, any other things on the offense we need to take care of here? I see Seattle is uh, kind of doing pretty damn well against tight ends. They're only giving up seventh most fantasy points or seventh fewest fantasy points to tight ends. So it seems like that might not be the path we need to take to victory. Just taking shots and, and um, you know getting getting to those Thielen and Diggs crossing routes and just kind of just chunking it down the field. Yeah, I mean, I it seems like we haven't really tried to get. Kyle the ball um, in terms of a game plan. I don't think that's been, really been a game plan at any point in time. Um, what was it? Green Bay, the Green Bay game when he kind of got a little bit more involved. Um, but again, when you listen to the interviews and stuff afterwards, it, it didn't really seem like that was the plan. It just kind of happened that, oh, he's open. He's and you know, Kirk decided to throw the ball to him. So, uh, you know, I, I think just, same deal. Same thing we've been saying, and it's like it's this roller coaster of inconsistency. Um, find the open receiver if you have time. Just be comfortable. But we we need we need high level cousins play. Um, you know, I think we've said it before on this podcast, and I've tweeted it, and and it's like every other week it seems like now. This is why you paid him money. Um, these are the games that you know Case Keenum would worry us this needs to be the game that he can go out and win. And, um, you know, I, I, we've obviously seen a little bit of up and down. I feel like we've seen more downs than in these games. Uh, you know, he did get the win. You know, we beat an Eagles team on the road. Uh, you know, obviously got that tie at Green Bay. We beat Green Bay at home. There's been some borderline games that we've gone out and won or tied. But this would be a legitimate you know, a legitimate win. This is a winning team. They're very good at home. They're on a bit of a roll. Uh, this is the kind of game that can really kickstart a season, especially when you look at our remaining three games. Uh, so I, I think, you know, it, 
this is this is it. This is a huge game. Uh, I, Vikings should have no problem getting up for it. But I think it's it's going to really come down to Cousins. You know, we we got to see the eighty four million dollar man on Monday night. Absolutely. Um, one of the storyline going into this game on the defensive side of the ball, at least, is uh, Richardson coming back to Seattle, and also uh, Sebastian Thunderbucket coming back to uh, where he. Uh, was signed and then somehow released. And there's a whole bunch of that storyline where they said, oh, yeah, we'll sign you back, but, you know, just kind of hang around. Um, obviously, that didn't happen. We swooped him up off of uh, off of their waiver there. But uh, so kind of a little bit of a revenge game for a couple of our D tackles. How does that impact what Seattle's going to try to do on offense? Does that, that give them an extra juice um, our D-line extra juice to kind of go after him and, and get him, and is that going to be enough? Yeah, I mean, it, it's going to give those guys extra juice. I think anytime you're against, uh, you know, former teammates and you know the guys out there, you're going to try extra hard. You're going to, you know, try to bring it. Um, I don't know that that obviously does anything scheme-wise. I think we've had a problem. I think uh, I saw where the second worst team at pressuring mobile quarterbacks and that's been something Vikings fans have complained about for years with Rodgers we've talked about it many times so uh Russell Wilson is a major major concern and he's very dangerous you know they they don't give him that nickname Danger Russ for uh for no reason when he gets outside the pocket and can move um he's he's very accurate he's very mobile he can run um and also I think for my money he's arguably the smartest player in the NFL so uh, that's a dangerous thing. He's playing at a high level. I think if Pat Mahomes wasn't doing what he's doing in Kansas City, we would be talking more uh, about Russell Wilson for MVP right now. And so I think it comes down to him. You know, that's my biggest thing. you got to stop him. Um, they do have some weapons uh, receiving-wise that, you know, they're, they're actually relatively deep at receiving. Not a lot of people know that. You know, you might look at Seattle and say, "Ah, oh, they don't have anybody." We're not—they're not household names, but that doesn't mean they're not good players. Um, they've got some good backs in, in Carson and Penny that are doing some good things. They're, I think, the top rushing team in the NFL. And then you've got Doug Baldwin, one of the best route runners in the league. You've got Tyler Lockett, a speedy guy that, uh, if you're not careful, can get behind you and beat you deep. And then uh, they've got a rookie more at receiver that's really come on strong in the second half of the season and, and made some big plays for him. So this offense is not something to look past. Uh, it's a very good offense. And, and when you've got Russell Wilson at the helm, um, it's definitely concerning, especially considering, uh, you know, cousins record uh, primetime games Monday night. And, and also Wilson, I believe uh, I have heard is three and zero all time against the Vikings. So, um, I've never been a huge history guy, but sometimes it's just like, man, it, it, everything seems to be going against you going into a game. And it, it certainly, from the outside, feels like this is one of those games. Well, you know, Mike, as I say, trends are made to be broken. So maybe this is the time we go one and four against them all time with uh, Russell Wilson there at the helm. Um, certainly agree with you there. It seems like they don't have, like you said, any household names. They don't have any big 1A targets, but they have a lot of a lot of two targets, you know, the the, the second-tier guys. They just have a, a ton of those guys that can make plays on you. Um, kind of like a couple years ago where Diggs was up and coming, Thielen was up and coming. They're still very quality receivers. You can shut them down if, if you're good enough on coverage, but they can easily beat you. They're just, yeah. they're just dangerous, especially with the quarterback, like you said, like Russell Wilson, who 
<laughs> as we've seen in the past, he has absolutely ran all over us. Same with Cam Newton, same with um, RG3 way back in the day. These guys can run over us, and it doesn't seem like we ever have an answer for him. So maybe that's another trend we buck in this game. We have an answer for him. We, we figure out how to stop um, him from getting out on the edge and, and beating us with his legs. Um, yep. The point you have here is uh, stop the run. Uh, Seattle's the, the best rushing team in the NFL. Um, so how do we do that, Mike? Yeah, so I, I mean, I think... Obviously, when it, when it comes down to what Seattle's doing well, um, they've got some really talented backs. I mean, Carson uh, is quietly been one of the better backs in the league. And I, I think when I think of stopping the rush, it's making sure guys are filling the holes. They're in there assigned. You know, you're not missing assignments and you're tackling, right? Um, it's fundamental football. When you, when you need to stop the run, it goes back to that old school football. Uh, make sure you're where you need to be and then make sure you're tackling. Um, and, and especially when you have a mobile quarterback, it becomes even more important, right? You know, it, all of a sudden, if you've got guys that are not where they're supposed to be, Wilson rolls out and boom, he's, you know, 13 yards downfield. And it seems like that always happens to us on third and eight, third and nine. Um, so I, I think for me, it, it, it stopping that run and kind of catapulting this defense to have a good game, it's really going to come down to fundamentals and, and tackling and just, you know, making sure you play your game. Focus on you um, and, and let this awesome, you know, group defense kind of come together and take care of itself. Right. Just have trust in the guy next to you that he's going to hit his, hit One, his assignment and uh, you're going to hit yours. Cause Absolutely. As soon as you lose that trust, as soon as you, you try to make up for a second man, all of a sudden you're doing a half-ass job at two jobs instead of a whole-ass job at one job. So um, definitely just have, have faith in your guys, have faith in the calls. And like you said, just, just stay assignment sound. And hopefully that's enough to, to contain these guys and, and put up a, a good defensive stand here. Um, well, and it, and I think another big thing, is, you know, and I, I mentioned tackling, but if you get a hand on on Wilson, I mean, you got to get him down. You know, you, you can't where he spins away from those tackles or whatever. That's where he's really dangerous. Um, and so we, we got to make sure if you get to him, make sure you get him on the ground. Right. Just like I said, sound tackling technique. You don't try to get cute with the tackles on him because he's going to break every time. Right. All right, moving on to special teams. What do we need to succeed as special teams here, Mike? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I think, I mean, it'd be nice to make kicks. Um, secondly, don't miss kicks. Okay. And then I think um, a third thing I had thought of was when you're kicking to try to kick it in between the two uprights. Well, is that is that that's below the bar, right? No, above the bar, above the okay, bar, okay. between the two uprights. And then the fourth point that I thought of was if you're going to kick, make sure that the holder knows he needs to be on the field for the kick. Okay, now, Mike, I, I want to break this down. So why is it important that the holder is on the field for the kick? So if so, the holder kind of plays a key role, and not a lot of people know this, but the snapper actually sends it back to the holder, and he puts the ball down so that the kicker can kick it. So if the holder isn't there, the snapper's just going to snap that back. And, I, I mean, the ball could go anywhere. You know, there's there's nobody there to hold the ball. Um, at that point, the kicker can't kick it. So really the whole play is shot if the holder's not out there. Interesting. Okay. So and that, I watched a lot of tape 
um, to, to come up with that. And, you know, that's that's some in-depth analysis that you're not going to get on every podcast. Okay, so here's, here's the question. What percentage of, of field goal kicks have that holder on, on the field? Well, uh, based on the numbers I was able to pull, it's something around uh, 99% of snaps, I would say, have the holder out there. Wow, so pretty high. So that's, we pretty yeah. much want to be following that trend. Right, yeah. I mean, you don't want to... You don't want to go against the trend on this one. I know sometimes you do want to go against the trend in the NFL, but I, I think this is one of those situations where you don't want to go against yeah, it. Yeah, just steering this, this kid there. So, yep, I, I think that hits it all. You know, make kicks, don't miss kicks. Between the uprates, over the bar, and the holder on the field for the kick. That's the keys to make a, a successful special teams. I like yeah. it, Mike. I like it. If, if they're going to win, in all seriousness, if they're going to win, if they're going to try to sneak away with the win, um, on Monday night, which, as we'll get to, I do not think they will. But um, points are a premium. Th- you can't, you cannot miss a kick. I mean, I don't care if it's fifty-one yards, twenty-seven, you know, thirty-five, whatever. You cannot miss a kick if you line up and you've got confidence in Bailey. Uh, that ball needs to go through the uprights. You need to take the points. Um, you just, it, you cannot risk that being a swing the other way. Right. It's, it- that's one thing they've been taking advantage of these last few weeks is those swing plays and just capitalizing when they can uh, on those moments. Yeah, um, yeah. So, wrapping up, that wraps up offense, defense, and special teams. Let's jump into, into some predictions here, Mike. Uh, first off, Minnesota Vikings at Seattle Seahawks. Who you got, Mike? Uh, you know, I just the inconsistency is a concern for me right now. And it's not that I don't believe in this team. It's that I just don't know when they're going to show up and stay there. Uh, I was excited going into last week. I picked them to beat the Patriots. I thought that it was a great opportunity for the entire team to show up. And for most of that game, it just felt like we were, I don't know, hanging around, but not like going out to grab and win that football game. Um, And I I actually think that on a Monday night in Seattle against a team that's hot, um, a team that not a lot of people expected to be there, a team that's down guys, a team that's really playing as a cohesive unit right now. I think this is going to be a, a much more difficult environment to win in. And, you know, I, I've said it many times, Russell Wilson's one of my favorite players in the league, I, and that's uh, because I, I respect him so much. I think he's extremely smart. He makes the right plays. And I, I think he's 3-0 against us, Cousins record in prime time. Um Seattle's hot. Vikings are not. To me, uh, this just this just feels like a Seattle victory. Um, I will say twenty-seven to seventeen. But to be honest with you, right now I don't know that it's going to be that close. Um, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Vikings come out and play like I know they're capable of playing. But for anyone to come out and confidently say that they're going to have that the Vikings win this football game. I would challenge you to say where where are you coming from? Because at no point this season have we seen consistency uh, on really either side of the football for the most part. Uh, maybe you can argue the defense, you know, was on a pretty good run until maybe last week. But I don't know where offensively it's all over the place. I can't pinpoint what's wrong on a given week and. I just don't believe they're going to be able to put everything together to go win in one of the most difficult places to play in the NFL. Um, I will go Seahawks 27, 
Vikings 17, and I'm not happy about it. You know, you, you reflect a lot of what I was thinking, and oddly enough, you reflect the exact score I predicted um, on, on the uh, the board I have at work. Um, I have us losing 27-17 with a late garbage time touchdown to make it 17 points for the Vikings. At this point, with with the trajectory of the Seahawks and what the Vikings have done this season, I just don't see... Um, I just don't see this team walking into that environment and coming out there and ready to play at the level that Seattle is capable of bringing. I just don't see it on offense. Like you said, we've been up and down. We've had phenomenal games like the Rams, and we've had just complete disasters, Like honestly, like New England was. I don't know what, what is going on with that, but I have zero confidence that we can figure it out on a road game this important on Monday night. Um and like you said, the defense, yeah, they've been playing okay, but they're still giving up significant points. Especially with a team like this, with Russell Wilson and what they're capable of with their weapons, I, I still, I, I'm with you, I do not see what other people are seeing predicting a win for the Vikings. Now, like you said, I, I would love a win. I would absolutely enjoy the hell out of a win because it puts our playoff chances that much higher, but I just don't see it right now from consistency of this team. Um, I still like our weapons. I still like our overall journey um, as a team going forward. But right now, they haven't got it figured out. I don't know when they will, and maybe that happens sometime soon, but I don't see it happening this week. So me, Viking 17, Seattle 27. Um, I think that's the first time we've ever matched completely on the score. Yeah, and it, I mean, it's probably the first time that I recall on this podcast where um... – a, we both picked them to lose. Maybe that's happened, but I don't know that I recall it. And certainly, B, um, the first time that we both have them losing by double digits. Uh, so, and again, I know you're in the same same boat I am in that we know with Zimmer and the weapons and the talent that's there on both sides of the ball, the Vikings are capable of going there and winning winning by 10 points. Um I'm not going to be shocked if that score is flipped and it's 27-17 the other way. It's just the way things are trending right now, I mean, if I'm going to be objective here, I got to go with the Seahawks. They're playing better football. It's on the road. It's outdoors. History is not on our side. And I just I, I, I think that that's the, the, safe, the safe pick, um, you know, from an objective standpoint. And, and that's... That's why I got Seahawks by 10. Yep, uh, totally agree. Um, second game that we always do, Green Bay. Green Bay at Atlanta. Yeah. So, who you got here, Mike? I don't know. I... No, I, I apologize. Atlanta at Green Bay. I had that backwards. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you've got an Atlanta team that's just decimated by injuries. Um, you know, a team that a lot of people had... Well, both these teams, uh, you had people... Uh, believing in them with Super Bowl aspirations. Uh, I think Atlanta derailed by injuries. It really cost them their shot. And then Green Bay uh, really having just an off year. The defense did not turn into what they thought it would be. Uh, Rodgers had a down year, obviously. McCarthy gone. Um, I am just going to go with Green Bay at home. Sometimes that coaching change can can kind of propel a team into, you know, playing for a new coach and, and playing together as a unit. 
Um, also, I think Atlanta coming to cold weather, based on the the weather here in Minneapolis over this week, I'm assuming it's going to be about 20 degrees, a little windy, cold. I guess give me Green Bay at, at home, but I'm not confident. Yeah, I think it's the same for me. It, you know, the smart money would probably be on Green Bay for this, for all the reasons you listed. It's it's December in Green Bay. It's going to be cold. It's not an environment that Atlanta is used to playing in, playing in a dome in Georgia. Um, like you said, that they got an interim coach. You know, you never know what to expect there, but you got to expect it's going to be a little bit better because it's probably going to be Aaron Rodgers directing what he wants instead of trying to fight against McCarthy, which apparently has been going on for a while. So um, I'm picking Green Bay as well on this one. I, I think it's just a smarter pick, but I think it'll be a close game and it'll be an interesting one to watch, kind of how, how Green Bay handles uh, not having McCarthy on the sideline. Yeah. Next game we yeah. got your pick, Mike. Philadelphia at Dallas. Yeah, it's a fun one, right? This this um, this is an interdivisional game, man. It's, it's this could decide or help decide this division at this point. Yeah, I think uh, week five, everyone was looking at this, going like, uh, you know, gross. I think, you know, they were probably both two and three, if not worse. But um, lately, Philadelphia is kind of. Uh, started to figure it out, it seems, a little. And, and certainly Dallas coming off a huge home victory over the Saints, uh, really riding high. So um, yeah, both, both of them are kind of surging right now, so it makes for a good football matchup. Yeah, good game. You've got, you know, obviously defending Super Bowl champions and the Eagles, and this is already a rivalry that, um, you know, a lot of tension back and forth. So uh, this is going to be a fun game. Um, I think I'm going to just – I'm going to go with the home game or home team here. Uh, I think Dallas, you know, really going to uh, utilize the victory um, from last week and, and just continue to ride that. Uh, I won't lie, there's a little bit of bias for me as well in, in hoping that the Eagles lose, uh, not only because they are the Eagles, but also um, I think that uh, technically that does help Minnesota uh, regardless of their outcome on Monday night. So um, oh, give me Dallas at home. You know, I'm inclined to agree with the Dallas at home pick, but, you know, for the sake of uh, being different, I'm going to pick Philadelphia in this one. You know, they're getting hot, I think, kind of at the right time. Yeah, They've dealt with some injuries, but I think they're starting to figure out a couple things again on offense like they used to uh, last season. So I think maybe they continue that. They continue to roll a little bit, get uh, get their, their back going. Adams, I, th- I believe it is, that's uh, kind of emerged for them um, recently. Uh, you know, Carson Wentz played pretty good, pretty damn well last week against Washington. Well, so, Zach Ertz has been unreal this year, you know. Absolutely. So, you know, as good as Dallas was against New Orleans, um, I think maybe Philadelphia has a chance to take this one. So I'm going to go Philly. All right. All right. All righty. My pick here, Detroit at Arizona. This one will be a fun one, Mikey. What do you got on this one? Yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I really like the way that Arizona has played, uh, since I, th- I believe they moved left, left, uh, to offensive coordinator. Correct. Yep. Um, and they've really tried to get David Johnson involved more. And it just seems like there's been a little bit more pep in their game. Um, now again, we talked about a little bit last week, Detroit, uh, actually put up a little bit of fight against a Rams team that a lot of people consider to be one of the best in the NFL. So um, 
you know, this is this is a weird game. You know, I didn't expect this one from you. But give me David Johnson, Arizona, coming off a big win against Green Bay on the road. And I think I think you've got an Arizona team that is looking to see what they've got for next year. You know, trying to figure out what direction they go with some of these veterans. Do they need to make trades to get younger? Do they need to bring in only a few players here and there? Uh, and so I, I think Arizona gets it done, and, the, and they get their uh, what would be, what, fourth victory of the year? Um, I'll, I'll take the Cardinals at home. All right, all right. Um, I'm actually going to go the opposite direction for kind of the same reason that you're saying. You know, they're trying to figure out, like you said, they're trying to figure out what they want to be, what they have in their team. Um, so I think they might they might play a little bit riskier, kind of like Jacksonville did um, in Thursday night's game where, you know, they're going forward and forth down where in typically situations you won, that kind of thing. So I think for that reason they're, they're going to, you know, be a little bit more aggressive than they usually would and that not going to pay off for them against uh, Detroit who – I think honestly is is if they if they can draft well in the next year they'll be sneakily a good team next year in the NFC. So I'm gonna go Detroit. They, they go into Arizona take a win. All right, I like it. So that wraps up predictions, Mike. Any closing thoughts on Vikings versus Seattle on Monday Night Football? Uh no. I mean, I I know. Obviously, this this sounded like a pessimistic show, and and um. While I still believe this team is going to be playoff bound, and I still know what they're capable of on any given week, it just has been frustrating to watch week in and week out, and and we're three quarters of the way through the season. So at this point in time, I have to base some of these projections off of what I've seen, and ultimately that's why you know uh, I'm not going with the Vikings on Monday night. I hope I'm wrong. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be diehard. I'm going to be cheering. Um, and I know what this team is capable of. I'm not mailing it in yet, but uh, I think they've got a tall order on Monday night, and it's it's really going to take everything they've got. We're going to see what this team is made of. Let's put it that way, Monday night. Uh, we will know a lot more about this football team Monday night about this time. Right, in the fourth quarter of the season is kind of where playoff runs start for a lot of these teams. Um, it really really sets up for that postseason run what you're able to do in these last four games heading up into it, especially for a team like us who's, who's going to be playing a wildcard weekend uh, you know, regardless of what happens. So how you, how you play these last four weeks of the season is going to determine how far you go in the playoffs. So like you said, if we can get up for this game and we can show out and we can show that things are clicking and we can continue to ride that wave, all the better, but the same same reason for my prediction is we haven't seen that yet. We've seen inconsistency, so you know maybe this is the start of the consistency this last quarter of the season, and we roll into playoffs, and, and you know anything can happen at that point. But um, we're, we're we're still fans. We love the direction of this team, but we just don't see it this week. Just who just who we're who we're up against. Yeah. Anyway, it's gonna wrap it up for us tonight. Scolders.com, ClimbingThePocket.com. Uh, we're over there. Take a listen. They got other good stuff over there. I'm at Namok7 on Twitter. Musky underscore Mike. That'll wrap it up for Scolders Podcast. Skull Vikes, let's go get this win. Um, even though we're not pre- predict- predicting it, it's still possible. Let's go get it. Let's start this last quarter of the season off on the right foot. Skull Vikes, let's go. Go, baby. <laughs>